welcome you guys wait wait wait, to... wait, wait, wait. Oh, let's just sync everything <laughs> sync everything is one yes i'm loving this i'm loving this welcome you guys to the first glass hearts podcast i am your host kelsey lynn in the building, and I got my lovely team. Team, introduce yourself at your leisure. What it do, y'all? What's up? So, my name is Peaches, and not, no, <laughs> hey. oh, I, uh, <laughs> my name is not Peaches. <laughs> You'll be a cute uh, Peaches, though. I, I, she, I, yeah. she, so, she would be um, a cute Peaches. So, actually, I wanted my name to be Cinnamon. I wanted Ooh. to be a stripper when I was in high school. Okay. I was about to say, these yeah. are all stripper yeah. names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got one too. It's all right. It's going to be my name. So, Cinnamon Peaches, you know. Oh, I like that. Peach Cobbler. Just Hello, Peach, Peach Cobbler. Okay. Peach Cobbler. <laughs> right. Uh, Ooh, no. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Yeah. Just Go ahead. What's your real name? But my real name is Dawn. Dawn. That is the name that I go by so I can brand my business, Break of Dawn Boutique. Shameless. Hug. Yes. Um, so that's it. I'm here and I'm happy. Yeah. And I'm excited. Yeah. Yay. I think I'm the oldest one, huh? Hey, I'm the oldest one. Yeah, you're still young. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm young. That don't mean oh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to solidify that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, the one with the most wisdom here, okay? Let's just the most life experience. Listen up when I start talking, okay? <laughs> That part. Well, I'm the baby, so oh. I got the least amount of experience. It's okay. Wait, Kendall's older than you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm 26. Oh, and my name is Stephanie. Come on, Stephanie. If we give in stripper names, my stripper name is Chocolate Drizzle. Oh. <laughs> and... <laughs> Wait, are you thinking about your stripper name? Yeah, I'm like, what are you looking at mine used to be? Oh, God. So oh, I, I came up with that because I used to like the Rice Krispie Treats. And I, I made my um, Apple name Chocolate Drizzle just because I was being goofy. And then I made a purchase with Apple Pay, and the purchase was buy Chocolate Drizzle. So when I went to the store with the receipt, they was looking like... Chocolate Drizzle. Like, <laughs> but that's a cute name, though. That is Thank cute. You. Thank you. You do look like a little chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. Oh, oh, chocolate. Mocha 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 chocolate. So one of the things that we start off doing for every podcast, and you guys are going to see this, is we talk about what you see when you think of the name Glass Heart, right? For me, when I initially saw the name Glass Heart, I saw my heart encased in a see-through glass. So it was protected, but the protection was vulnerable. Mm. The protection was something that if not taken care of, could shatter, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I saw, and it was clear. Um, I had asked my mom. My mom just saw, you know, a red glass heart. So to me, it meant to me that her heart was vulnerable itself mm -hmm. just because it was made of the glass. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So can we talk about that a little bit, like what you pictured when you heard of the name glass heart and then, like, go deeper into that? 
I think for me, just thinking about like the function of a heart, um, the funny thing is as a kid, I always thought a heart was like the actual heart, mm-hmm. like inside of our body. Mm-hmm. So I never pictured like this big artery with all of these valves that control and do so much. Mm-hmm. So um, thinking of that, thinking about like what the actual function of our heart does and then that being in glass, I was like, wow, that's very delicate. So it's something that you have to handle with care. Um, and then I thought about like things that happen to glass. You can scratch it, you can shatter it, you have to hold it with care. Mm-hmm. You know, when you teach kids like how to eat, um, drink from a glass cup, when they put it in the sink, you tell them to be delicate, don't just throw it. So I just started thinking of all of these things um, with thinking about like a heart and then thinking of glass. And then when I saw it, I don't know, I I felt like I could feel it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know how you see a picture sometimes and you can feel it? Mm -hmm. So I felt like I could feel the actual like glass. Like I could, I felt the glass. Like the the vulnerability. The vulnerability. Yes, the fragileness, the delicateness of it. And then the heart. I felt like it took me through all of things that like my heart felt. Mm-hmm. So the all the emotions that, you know, like your heart goes through. Mm-hmm. And then I just thought of the importance of our heart. You know, like how important our heart is to our body. And then I just took like even just the emotion out of that. And it was just like, wow. Either way you look at it, it's still delicate. Yeah. yeah. It's still a vulnerable part and piece of, of who we are. Yeah. So that's what I thought. I thought of, like, that saying of a person wearing their heart on their sleeve. And that also goes back to vulnerability and, like, the delicacy of a heart. And even the value of, like, a glass sculpture. I thought of that, too, and how valuable our hearts are and our emotions and our feelings are. And how some people wear their hearts on their sleeves and they're easily hurt. But other people are protecting that glass heart to the point where they can't even receive or feel the emotions that they feel or they're like blocking it or hiding it speaking for myself like where I've realized that I am deeply emotional but for a long time I just didn't know how to process it Mm -hmm. and I could say I probably am a person who wears my heart on my sleeve but I don't necessarily like allow everyone the access to that Mm -hmm. so that's just kind of the process of the, the thought that I was having about what a glass heart is and the value of it and the beauty of it, thinking of, um, is it like blow the glass that's like mm-hmm. air blown or something? Uh-huh. That's what I thought about. Mm-hmm. Just like that, the like you just said, the artistic side of it and how everybody can't get access to that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you might have seen it, you might have been around it, you may right. know of it. But you're not gonna touch it. You're not. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You they don't tell you that to not to get too close it. to it. Exactly. They got a little line around the sculpture saying mm-hmm. you can't go over the line mm-hmm. to even get you to do. that. You're bom, not, bom, you're not, yeah. You have to have a VIP access. Right. To exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. 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 I love that. I love it too. Yeah. For me, I kind of pictured it encased in a glass, but I feel like that part was also part of the heart. And then inside, it was like, so the glass is like iridescent and already has like a, a tint to it that you can, but you can still see through it. And inside, it was illuminating all different types of colors. Mm. 
And for me, I thought about how you can kind of, you can kind of touch it, you can get to it, but can you get to the inner part that is all lit up? Mm-hmm. And while vulnerable, I also thought of like, like a heavy piece of glass too. Like it's thick and it is protected and you have to do work. Like if a you tempered do. glass or like a, um, those glasses that are um, bulletproof. bulletproof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You got to do some work to really get through to get to all that light that's going on and dancing inside. But you can see it and you want to touch it and you want to get there. But do you deserve that access? Mm-hmm. So still vulnerable, but still still vulnerable, but protected at the same time. Yeah. Is that a natural feeling to always think that we have to protect our heart? Um, well, the Bible says to guard your heart. So I feel like we do, but I think it's how mm-hmm. you protect it. Are you protecting it out of fear or are you protecting it out of wisdom, right? Because the wisdom is to not let everything and everybody in. Right. Right. But the fear is you thinking that everybody right. is out to get you and everybody mm-hmm. is out to hurt you right. and you can trust nobody. But when do we learn that? I think that's up to how... I, mean, I don't think the question was when do we learn it, but like when do we learn to protect it and how to protect it? Depends on how you grew up. Yeah. When, once it gets hurt. <laughs> because we yeah. always are somewhat, you know, protecting it mm-hmm. to some extent. Mm-hmm. But we're not born to have to protect our heart. It's what happens to us that causes us to either close up our heart or open our heart. Right. And that's exactly why I wanted to kind of like make this podcast because my key thing is I want there to be a safe space for us as women to talk about the things that we don't get to talk about, that we don't feel comfortable talking about to other people, or we wish we knew or had somebody to talk to about it. And maybe this podcast can be an extension to us or someone else out there who is listening um, to where you don't want to talk to someone directly, but you're still getting the answers that you need Mm -hmm. in your solitude or in your, um, um, your moments of quiet while you're reflecting and learning about yourself or whatever the case is. Um, And so part of that vulnerability is being open to see yourself, first of all, first and foremost, looking at you and like, where am I? How did this make me feel? Um, How did I get here? Did I put myself in this situation? Was I placed in it? Um, Was it something that I could control, not control? Um, It's something that I would want to repeat, not repeat. You know what I'm saying? And how can I grow from it? I think that's the biggest thing is perspective. Our perspective, especially as black women, a lot of times can be warped by society. And I want us to be in an atmosphere where we're healing because we're not doing a lot of that all the time. And the biggest thing that is big at this time is mental health. How are we? As women, I saw um, basically a, um, a post that said something to the fact that most black women don't know when they're stressed out or having anxiety attacks because we're looked at it. We're looking at it as like it's normal or we're being lazy mm-hmm. or we don't want to do something. Like when we it's always have act- to be working. Yes. Mm-hmm. When it's actually stress, when it's actually something that we need to address. Yeah, our baseline is stress. Mm-hmm. So that feels normal to us, which is Period. really unfortunate. And we function out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we legit function and not only function, but we thrive out of right. it, too. Mm-hmm. At the extent of our health, you know, like, mm-hmm. our, our health always takes a back burner to it. Our families, our friends, our relationship, our mental health, mm-hmm. our physical health, our emotional, our spiritual health, yeah. our financial health. is like every single thing that is attached 
to us takes a back burner, and that's why we're always on this rat wheel. And the rat wheel looks different because we'll go from one rat wheel to another mm-hmm. rat wheel, and some. And I feel like they always get bigger, you know, like mm-hmm. between so many of us being single mothers, or even if you're not a single mom, if you're a wife and then you have kids and then you want to start a business or you want to go back to school, it's like having doing all of these things um, and wearing an invisible cape because at the end of the day, I still feel like we always save the day for everybody. Except ourselves. Except ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we are the opposite. You know, when you take a flight and they tell you to put the, um, take care of yourself first before you can help anybody else. And we help everybody else Mm -hmm. until it's like, well, now I'm in the hospital with IV. Mm drip and the doctor is like you have to stay off your feet and then in that we're still like but how do I fix this and I need to do that and I need to do this and if I don't do it it's not going to get done correctly right so I yeah and that's the one thing that I recently learned this year putting myself first is important because a lot of times we're taught or shown that putting yourself first is selfish Selfish, and not Mm self-care right because if someone is creating boundaries for them and you aren't creating boundaries for you, then somebody's going to get ran over. Or just even knowing, like, what a boundary is. Exactly. Before you can create it. Because I wasn't exactly. somebody that had boundaries. I didn't either. And so me I either. just let people run all over run me. all over me. And I was just like, okay, no problem. I got it. Because I'm like, that's just how that person is. Or they're really sweet. Or they don't mean me anymore. Or sometimes or the it's boundaries going to yeah, push it's them like away. They can have boundaries, but I'm just going to be sweet and nice because that's the nature of who I am. And then I realize one day, like, yeah, no, this ain't working. Like because this. because we're we're extending our love so much to the point that we think that our love is going to change that person yes. or heal that person or, when it's draining us. Or and that's just how it's supposed us. to be. You know what I mean? Like, I always if it's have given. To, yeah, like, like, I just have to love you, and this is how it's going to be. Like, if I, I've read a quote that said, you can't give somebody more of what they don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm constantly loving you, if you don't appreciate that, or if you don't even mm-hmm. understand that me being the way that I am is love, right? that's not going to change you. Right. If I don't even require you to change. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. So I, in that, I, I had to learn that. So yeah. you learned that. But I had to learn it for myself. Yeah, I definitely learned it for myself. Um, I think the biggest thing that God showed me was that subconsciously how other people treated me was how I subconsciously learned how to treat myself. And I didn't Mm -hmm. know. So I would always put other people first. Mm -hmm. They would always put themselves first. Mm -hmm. But they put me in the back burner. So I would subconsciously put myself in the back burner. And it was hurting me. It was detrimental to the fact that it it subconsciously led to the decisions that I made, and I didn't even know. And I'm thinking, oh, I just love hard. Oh, you know, I just give all the time. Oh, it's okay. They'll come around. They're just healing right now, and they're going to give that back to me later yeah. when I wasn't getting back the things that yeah. I was putting in. Because I was thinking about that right. for you. And that's why I asked, when do we learn how to protect our heart? Because I'm 44. And I'm just now learning. And not to say that I didn't, I've never had bad experiences, but these type of conversations, like I didn't have this with my mom, you know, my oldest sister, we live different lives. So her life experiences were a little different from mine. Right. So being here, you know, it's like, okay, like I know the Bible said, guard your heart. 
But what does that look like in real time? Like in my day-to-day life, in my friendships, in my relationships, in my, all of my ships, you know, being a mom, being a daughter, being a sister, being a business owner. Like what does that look like? And then I'm also not somebody that can compartmentalize myself. Like what you see is what you get. Um, because just mentally, I'm not one of those people like, oh, this is who I am in this relationship. This is who I am in this relationship. No, you're going to get done. Like, I just, I, it's exhausting to be all of these different things. Um, and so that's why I had that question of like, when do we learn? And it's, again, I think everybody's experience is different. Some people learn at a very young age and they are mentally and emotionally mature mm-hmm. in that part of their lives but can be mentally and emotionally mature, immature in other areas. areas, Yeah, Yeah, because I don't think guarding your heart young necessarily makes you mature. Sometimes it makes you hard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it it makes you inaccessible. It makes you angry. It can make you a lot of different things. So I don't even know that we learn how to properly do it. Sometimes we just do it out of survival. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and I was going to, you mentioned healing our heart, and we've talked a lot about the protection of it. And I'm always thinking of, how to heal it if we're guarding it. Like, can you heal it while it's completely guard, guarded? Sometimes you still have to open up in order to heal it. Like, you can sit and talk in theory about healing and healing and healing, but sometimes to actually practice it, you have to go back out and try it again mm-hmm. and then learn, okay, I didn't protect it well enough again, so I got to go back and figure it out and figure mm-hmm. out new boundaries and stuff. And yep. so it's never just like, a, okay, this is the perfect way to do it. Mm-mm. We're constantly learning it. Awesome. You're giving me like an idea of like a Band-Aid, mm-hmm. right? How we have to address the wounds. Mm-hmm. You got to take that old Band-Aid off, address it, give it some air, air tend yep. to it, mm-hmm. see if it's okay, put yes. another Band-Aid back on, yep. and then take that off, see is it closing, mm-hmm. is it still open, is it infected, yeah. whatever it is, and then tend to it in that way. And I think that's a great way of thinking about that, yeah. you know. But a lot of people don't want to open up again out of the fear of getting hurt. So yeah. I feel like you have to be ready and strong enough to take that chance in opening up again, knowing what the possibility could be, but also knowing that it may not be your fault. It's not because of something that you did or how you are. Like you say, you were serving people because it was just out of the kindness of your heart and you're getting hurt by that. It's not because you're too kind of a person. It could be because the other person is going through their own issues that they have to work through. And the time for the two of you to be together or to cross paths is not right now. And honestly, I think strength comes as you go along. I don't think we have all the strength that we Mm -mm. need while we're in something. I feel like it develops Mm -hmm. as we take steps. And as we take each step and we move forward and we go, okay, I'm going to try it this way. Like, we realize, oh, I'm still standing. I'm still here. I survived. I I didn't, you know, go crazy. I could have. You know, I didn't, you know, become bitter. I could have. I didn't become stagnant. Exactly. Because I let it break me. Or I did become stagnant, and but then I fixed it. Yeah. You know, whatever yeah. the issue is, I think it's just as you take those steps, you slowly and slowly, like, develop the strength that you need to stand on your feet. So the next time that issue comes back, you go, okay, I've learned yeah. from the last time. Oh, I've learned from the past. And mm-hmm. like, okay. Like building discernment. Like that's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you can mm-hmm. look back and say, okay, I didn't like that. So let me, let me reel it back. Mm-hmm. What were the lessons that I learned? 
what even brought me to that place of like being hurt or not allowing myself to be hurt or being open or closed off or whatever the situation is and then going, okay, this next situation or this next whatever, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just constantly breaking down to build up. And you know, I think just, I, I think part of it too is understanding how how you grew up, the experiences that you have have affected your decision making. Like absolutely. I can't express enough that for a woman who's in her thirties, I know myself better now than I ever even thought I did in my twenties. But I'm still learning myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning, okay, this situation in my childhood changed me this situation in my childhood makes me think like this so now I have to be aware of that you know um case in point uh I didn't grow up with my dad my dad was there but he was outside of the home we had a relationship but it wasn't a deep relationship but I loved my dad but there were many times where I was disappointed with my dad and I kept loving him regardless right how that translated to the adult Kelsey or the teenage Kelsey the guys that disappointed me the guys that didn't keep their word didn't keep their integrity but I kept loving them Mm -hmm. I kept being there so I'm continually putting myself in a position to be hurt because I learned from my dad my dad's my dad. He'll be. He'll do it right. He'll fix it. He'll get it together. I still love my dad. So that translates to my relationships. It's okay. You'll get it right the next time. You'll fix it the next time. You'll you'll be okay. And I'm putting myself in a position where I don't have boundaries in a relationship that I should have boundaries in because I'm continually loving you and giving my all to something that's not feeding me back. Mm-hmm. And that right there was like, Ooh, yeah. how do I change that? How do I create a boundary with that? What does that even look like? You know? And so I, I still struggle with that today um, and be like, okay, it took you two weeks to text me back. And we're talking, okay. So normally I would respond back because that's what I want. I want to respond back, but let me set my boundary and give you some space in my response. Just because I want you to know that I am not easy access for you to just come in and out when you desire to come in and out of my life. life Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm giving tit for tat. It's not that I'm being rude. But I have to have a standard for myself and let you know you can't just treat me any way you want to treat me. So just thinking about that and how I related that to my dating experience, I was like, ooh, that's heavy. But I had my dad, and I still sucked in dating. Like, I mean, you know, I was, like, the definition of daddy's girl. Like, I know. You know, my dad passed in 2020, so. Um, but, you know, my dad was there. Like, he wasn't in my home, but I think him and my mom, they separated, and, like, I maybe was, like, six or seven. Um, so I have a lot of memories of my dad, like, you know, being in the home. But even though he wasn't in the house, like, he still was there. He, it wasn't. I didn't miss um, a beat. But my dating, it just still sucked. And just recently of being in a season of, like, just me and Jesus, like, I realized that all of my bad decisions with men came from just really wanting to be loved. Mm -hmm. And the way that my dad loved me was, like, to this day is still unmatched. You know, like, 
just the intrinsic things like whenever we went somewhere you know we we we're women we like being loved on you know Mm -hmm. i mean to this day like we i could take my dad to target baby you want something and i'll be like yeah you know what i mean (laughs) it was it was like it was always about me um and he thought about me you know like when uh, I took care of him for 25 years. So like he lived in my home and I would come home from work and he would literally call him. And if if it was late and he'd be like, baby, you all right? I was just calling. I'd be like, yeah, daddy, I'm at work. And he would literally stay up for me like every single night. So I would walk through the door and he would say things like, "Um, Hey baby, how's your day? You know, when I was teaching, he would say, "Um, no, when I was in school, when I was little, even through grad school, how many A's you make today? And that was like all the kids. So like my son, my niece, my nephews, like if any time that you're in school, he would you would walk through the door, how many A's you make today? And then when I was working, he was, you know, you make a million dollars today? And I'd be like, no, daddy, not today. Okay, try tomorrow. So it was like all of these things. And then in my dating relationships, I wanted that too. I wanted a man to just see me, you know, not like all of these things that I can do. Yes, because I'm a great woman, but do you just see me? And it was just like, no. And so I found myself in these situations. It's like doing, 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 giving, giving, giving. Um, trying to make that, him like, see you. Trying to make him see okay, me. You don't like, see okay, me well, yet. Let me. I can cook. I can mm-hmm. clean. I do a lot of great, you know, things. Um, I have a good heart. I'm pretty. You know, I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm funny. I think I'm funny. Yes. But, um, you, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's oh, valuable. Especially yeah. the days in the salon when you're messing up the lyrics. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm I'm I am good for rewriting the song on the drop. Like, oh, my God. And it's going to be like, that's not what that says. Today it says. It'd be grown lyrics. I'm like, that's not what that says. Right. So even, you know, I think, you know, just just recently just spending time with God. And I asked him, and I was like, God, like, some of these experiences that I've gone through, like how and why? He was like, because you didn't keep me first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, all right. Mm-hmm. And so he's just been like grooming me. Like the next one, you'll be ready because you're not going to have to feel like you need to give yeah. so much yeah. and do so much and be. You already are. Yeah. You already are. Yeah. And I didn't realize that for myself. You know what I mean? Like I did not realize that I was always trying to be and trying to like show and trying to give like ta da yeah like da 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 I could really relate to that like but, always trying to show trying to prove trying to like I know I'm great you don't see it yeah okay right. <laughs> it's gonna take right. a little time it's okay you'll see it you'll know it <laughs> and similar like I grew up with my mom and dad together same household still to this day and so you would think like I would go into these dating relationships with like a sound mind and knowing how to like navigate it because I I saw it. But if anything, it kind of made me go young, trying to be a wife young. Same Because that's all I knew. Same thing. Cook, clean. Yeah, like like, let's work through it. Like it's a relationship. Relationships take work. And it's like, really, girl, at 14? Right. You know, like young, thinking Mm -hmm. that's how it goes. And it took... Well, it's still taking me, like, time to figure out how do I show up because that is how I was raised to love and show love, and that's how that's what feels comfortable to me. But I have to guard my heart because when I do that, it's, it's not received the way that, like how you said earlier, you can be all these things, but if they don't receive it that way, then it doesn't really bring the value that you right. think it does for that person. Exactly. So, and I, I feel like I've been the complete opposite, like extremely guarded. And my family, I didn't grow up with, like, 
expressions of love in the way that you would expect, like saying I love you all the time or like just physically, verbally, emotional love in that sense. It's kind of like, you know I love you. You're my family. Like I don't have mm-hmm. to say it all the time. Like I cook for you. I clean for you. Like, acts of service. Yeah, very much acts of service, which is fine. Like I, I, have, I have a great family and I love my family. But now as I'm learning my parents as an adult and like getting to know them as an adult and just thinking back on the things that I've seen and experienced as a kid, I'm recognizing how it's showing up in the way that I receive love, in the way that I give love, and just how sometimes I'm just not, I'm not, I question whether or not I am a loving person because of the way that a lot of people around me show love, and I'm learning to receive and not be, like, put off. Like, why are you calling me all the time? Why you want to hang out all the time? Like, that's too much for me. But I've learned to appreciate it and be more like that because I do love that and I do want that and I do desire that. But I have to break down all the walls and the layers that I've built up just from my upbringing and the people that I've experienced just so that I can find my way of showing love and find my way of receiving love. And I haven't, I don't really have a lot of dating experience because I didn't grow up around healthy relationships. Like I never really, my parents separated when I was young and my dad was, has always been a part of my life, but very distant. He was here in LA, I was in Michigan for most of my life. So I didn't really see the, the, the loving wife and husband. I think what you said is just so important on multiple levels. And the first level, for sure, is one thing that also God was showing me. He was like, you want all these amazing relationships, but you're neglecting ours. And I've always been close to God. Like, I literally heard God's audible voice when I was, like, four. I didn't hear that yet. Like, literally, like how we're speaking to each other. He spoke to me at four. And I haven't heard it since. However, like, I've always had a relationship with God. I'm like, all right, God, we'll be wearing in the closet today. We're going to wear blue. We're going to wear pink. We're going to do all this stuff. He's always involved in the aspects of my life. But he was like, but we have no intimacy. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't spend time with me, getting to know me, getting to know my heart for you, the things and the passions that I put into you, why I put them there, you know, fully. You know, do I know? Yes, but you know a glimpse. You know, you don't fully know all. And so you want the intimacy that you want with these guys, and they're not giving it to you because you don't have it with me yet. You can't spend time with me yet. So how are you going to spend time with some other dudes? You're not even committed to me, you know? And then another thing I wanted to touch bases on, what you said earlier, is how you were talking about you wanted to be seen in relationships because you were seen by your father. Well, as somebody who didn't feel seen, I still wanted to be yeah. seen. So I think it, you know, can go both ways. Yeah. And at the same time, God is like, do you see me? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you not see me? Do that you I not see you? me reaching my mm-hmm. hand out to you? Right. Do you not see, like, mm-hmm. I got all the answers. Like, I, I got all the stuff that you asking for, all the stuff that you've been praying about. You ain't been sitting here waiting and listening. Right. You like, all right, God, this is how I feel. All right, bye. Right. Mm-hmm. 
You gonna mm-hmm. wait for me to answer? Mm-hmm. You gonna wait for me to talk? You gonna wait for me to put somebody's name in your heart yeah. and give you some ideas? What's up? You know, and I feel like a lot of the intimacy issues that we have is because we need to work on our intimacy issues with God. Mm -hmm. And whatever reason we have those issues, whether, you know, we've had bad relationships or we haven't seen, you know, like you were saying, good relationships. And so you don't really have a great one with God because all you know about, you know, your dad or men is that they cheat or they do this Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're not loyal or they doing all they run around. So you like when you look at a father, you're like. You're doing the same thing. So, what, what? you not, nah, we good, God. You know what I'm saying? Or you're like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, like how I was doing, but it's all about what I'm doing and not about what God's trying to do for me. And he's like, I'm trying to give you something. I'm trying to show you something, but you won't let me because you think that you have to control it. Because if you love, if you do, if you, then it'll be right, but... It's not about you controlling anything. Let me do what I need to do in your life. Let me build you up. Let me develop you the way I need to develop you, regardless of your timeline, because my timeline is way out the window, okay? As a a Southern woman, okay, my timeline was up (laughs) about 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We we, we a little late. What was that? Old May was like 25 if you're not married and with kids. At 25. Yeah. And I, I look at my, I think back to when I was 25 and I'm like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. And I desired it because, you know, you, that pressure is put on you. You know what I mean? Like, you do have that pressure of yeah. like, girl, you 30, mm-hmm. you still not married. Mm-hmm. Okay, you 35, you still You don't have married. no kids. <laughs> I'm no over kids. 40 now. I'm still not married. My son is married. I have a whole grandchild, you know? And so I think I, I did everything just. So now I don't have a timeline. I'm like, okay, God, like, yeah. if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. I and, and then I read something the other day and it said there are no ifs with God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so I gotta mm-hmm. stop saying that. Yeah. So when you do it, God, mm-hmm. yeah, when you do it, yeah, it will be done. Because otherwise, and He wouldn't it. give you the desire in your heart. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I take that scripture literally. The Bible says that He gives you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Not only does He give them to you. But you desire them because he gave you the desire to desire. And what we end up desiring is what he desires for us anyway. And so he ends up giving us what he already has planned for us when we desire to receive that. But we can't covet it. Right. We can't put the desire above God. I can't want a a loving relationship with a man so much more more than I want a loving relationship with God. And I think at one point I I did. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to be married so bad mm-hmm. like oh my gosh it's just and then I was like okay what is it that you want like mm-hmm. you want to be married is it the ring is it the wedding is it the the make it the makeup to break up or break up to make up like what mm-hmm. is the it actually child. yeah like what is the it that sex? you actually what is it? want like you're gonna be real <laughs> like yeah and I was like, okay let me reel it back like what is it that I want exactly and once I started asking myself that I was like yeah I'm not even ready for that mm-hmm. like the love is there, but the discipline isn't, you know, and I need, I had to learn like to be disciplined with myself, mm-hmm. to be disciplined with my relationship with God. Like he's legit told me to do stuff and I'd be like, okay, I'll do it later. And he's like, you, so you want to be married, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you know, you can't just do stuff later. Like you, there's, you, you need to do what I'm telling you that you need to do. And I'll be like, oh, okay. So yeah, but that, that is definitely come with the intimacy. 
with my relationship with him. That is so funny because that's one thing he was telling me. He was like, I want you to study discipline this year. Yeah, that's what I was like, ooh. So yeah. He, yeah, so he gave me my word was everything that you want is on the other side of discipline. Yeah. And I was like, everything is everything. He said, you can have it. Like, it is yours. Yeah. You can have it. Finances. House. All of and it. And then I found that, like, marriage wasn't even, like, at the priority anymore. Like, mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to be married, it was just like, like, okay, I need all these zeros in my bank account. <laughs> peace. Now, let's start with peace. That's yeah. right. Let's, let's start with, like, Mental peace. peace. Let's yeah. start with, like, Top priority. yes, like, peace and happiness. Like, true mm-hmm. waking up in the morning with, like, so you know how like you see those people who be on TV and they just be outside looking at the grass grow. Yeah. And you be like, what is wrong with these people? No, but then I you become it. one of them. You be like, who is just so crazy? Like the quiet is just growing on me. The what sun kind of looks bird nice. is that that I hear chirping? You know what like, I'm like, the yes. cloud. What is a puffy white cloud? Oh my god. You know what I've been saying? Clouds made out of lately? What? Hearts. Hmm. Yes. I was on my way to work one day after it rained. And I have the pictures. I took the pictures in my phone. There's one picture. It's the cloud. It's a heart. It's clear as day. Wow. And then last week I went to um, the cinema on the rooftop. And it was dark. And something, God, Holy Spirit said, look up. And I looked up. And it was a cloud of a heart right up oh. in my car. I took a picture of it. And I was just like, God, you love me. And I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> and that was another thing that I had to deal with, like, Know that you are loved. Knowing that I'm loved. And yeah. knowing that, like, God loves Because he doesn't me. always feel that way. No, mm-hmm. and it was just really, because I don't, I don't think we will ever understand the capacity of God's love, but it was really just understanding that God loves me. I think the closest you can get is, like, being a parent. I think that's the, the closest in this life that we can kind of get to understanding in like the, the smallest of the capacity mm-hmm. of God's love for us is Maybe. being a parent. Because I've, like, wiped my son's butt, like, like, when he had a blowout when he was a baby. <laughs> and, like, got all the snot. You know what I mean? Like, that's a mother's See? love. Like, only a mother's love would, like, wipe your child's snot with your finger. I don't know that finger. love. But, I ain't yeah. think so. I, think, I can't do it. I don't even know if I'll do that to my yeah. own kids. Like, no. No. I, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I just realized that, like, yo, like, like God, you, you really love your girl. And he was like, yes. Like, I've been telling you that. And I was like, okay. But I, I didn't, I don't think I really understood that. I go around calling him my best friend. I ain't gonna lie. No, he is. But you, that's that's, be like, that's that's the homie for real. Bet. No, you the one. Like you ain't never let me down. Like you don't never do it when I want you to. But you don't never let me. Down. And if he ain't in it, I don't want it. Period. Like I be like this. You did this. You or not? Because if it's not, it gotta go. Yeah. So where it's like friendships had to end. Mm-hmm. You know, and I you know I would hear people talk about that. Like, I know we were talking about that a little bit. Yeah, like I would hear people talk about like I had to leave friendships and mm-hmm. situationships, and I would be like, dang, you know what I mean? And then when I had to make a decision, like I had to have a hard conversation, I was like, oh, like that's that's what it is. And a season of isolation, you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I your environment will literally spit you out because yeah. God is like, you're not going to do it. So mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. I, I put myself in isolation. I literally placed myself in isolation, and I it was it was the middle of last year, a year ago. 
a year ago. Literally yeah, placed myself in isolation because that was when God revealed to me. He was like, you receive what you receive because you treat yourself how other people treat you, mm-hmm. not even knowing that you do that. And so you need to first relearn to love yourself and understand what that looks like. You need to understand how to create boundaries for yourself because you don't have any. You let people run over you. They can do whatever they want. And you forgive and you let go. And you and there's nothing wrong with forgiving, right? But there is something wrong when you don't have the capacity to tell somebody no. Mm-hmm. You know, or be like, this doesn't make me feel good. Or this is not okay. And, and I've had friendships like that where we've been friends for years. And I've been suffocating for years. Mm-hmm. And never really said I was suffocating, but yeah. I'd be like, you know, I put my feelers out, be like, hey, you know, this hurt me when you did this. And depending on how they responded to it, you know, I put probably wouldn't put no more feelers yeah. out. Yeah. Or I'd probably be like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'll wait till the next time that person is open to mm-hmm. talking about it or being open to whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I literally isolated myself the majority of last year. I wasn't hanging out. I wasn't going with people, places. I spent, y'all Y'all know I was isolated because I spent my birthday by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I left uh, the state and spent my birthday in Arizona by myself at the best time. I was about to say you probably had the best I time. I had the best mm-hmm. time by myself. Um, and God was like, you need to stop relying on other people and their actions to make you happy. And find out what makes you happy for yourself. Because yeah. anybody else should be the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. They should just be an addition mm-hmm. to the standard that you've already created for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Because we, I feel like we put a lot of weight yeah. on other people yeah. to be like, I was happy when this started. Now I'm not happy no mm-hmm. more. Why you don't make mm-hmm. me happy? Mm-hmm. Or when you do finally communicate that, um, but then you come off defensive. And so I had to deal with that, like, you're telling me about myself mm-hmm. in a way that I may or may not agree with or I'm trying to understand, but because, like, am I supposed to sit here and just, like, put my head down? Mm-hmm. Or do I defend myself in a way that says, okay, so I may have said that, this is why I said that, and then it comes off defensive. Um, and so I'm dealing with that now, mm-hmm. like, just dealing with that and learning in communication and setting boundaries and speaking up for myself because I realized like I didn't I didn't have a voice or I didn't know mm-hmm. how to use my voice. Mm-hmm. Um so I had my son when I was fourteen. I got pregnant when I was thirteen, I had my son at fourteen. That's normally the age when most girls are finding their voice. And so learning how to speak up for themselves, mm-hmm. like learning what they like, what they don't like, well I was taking care of a whole another human being. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time it was just in. I've always been a caregiver. My first name means literally helper of mankind. Um, but even at a young age, it was never about me. So my mom, my little sister and I were six years apart. My little brother and I were 10 years apart. My mom, when she got pregnant and had my little sister, I was six. So naturally, my little sister became like my baby doll. Mm-hmm. So doing her hair, bathing her, getting her dressed. Um, and then when we got older, of course, my oldest sister, she's 10 years older than I. So when she graduated, she left. She went to college. 
I was the second, you know, oldest. I became like junior mom. So here I am with like the responsibility of helping my mom take care of my little sister, helping my mom take care of my little brother. And then a few years later, I have my own child. So from six, I've been taking care of everybody else. And then I get my dad at 25. So I take care of him for 20, you know, for 20 something years. Mm -hmm. And then it's like now, like, how do I take care of myself? So now it's like at 44, I'm finding my own voice of like, oh, so this is this is what it's like to say no. Yeah, this is what it's like when my dad passed and I was at home by myself. I didn't even have food. Cause I didn't know what I like to eat. I knew what I knew what like my dad liked to eat. I knew when my son lived with me, like I knew what he liked to eat. I but I didn't know what I like even to the things of like that. Mm-hmm. Like dang, like okay, I know I like lemonade. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know I like popcorn. Yeah, but just like I had to like relearn mm-hmm. a lot all over again. I can just, definitely relate to that. Yeah, because I had to voice. refine myself in that past year. I was like, oh yeah. I, do like coloring adult coloring books. <laughs> like, yes, oh yeah, yes. that's why I have all these books. Because yes. I like to read. I like mm-hmm. to learn. It's like when you give so much of yourself, you you lose yourself in other people in yeah. mm-hmm. other responsibilities. And then you have to like reconnect with you and be like, oh yeah, I am low-key a nerd. That's right. And I think sometimes <laughs> when you're a giver, you automatically attract not necessarily takers, but you attract people who need what you have. Yeah. And so you you give. Um, I like I look at relentlessly, relentlessly without boundaries. Without mm-hmm. ba- and and my friendships have been with people who have strong boundaries, and I don't. Mm-hmm. People who are more disciplined, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And and that's what attracted me to you know certain relationships. Like, oh, they have all this discipline. I need that. But I couldn't get it from them. Mm-hmm. I literally had to get it from God. Like, I literally had to be in school with him every single day mm-hmm. with listening and being obedient and allowing him to guide me and say, okay, now do this. And the more and more that I allowed him to guide me, the more and more he trusted me. And so he would give me bigger things. And then I was like, now I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Like, I don't even question the things that I used to wrestle with. I'm like, yep. oh, okay, yeah, that's not my problem. God, mm-hmm. you you heard that, right? Or you see this, right? Okay, that's mm-hmm. okay. This this what we doing. So it's like life is different. Um, I'm loving it though. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like really it's great. It like, is. It's, it's it's a joy when people say like that unspeakable joy. Like I was literally sitting. Well, I wasn't sitting. I was standing doing my client's hair the other day, and I was just, like, smiling and laughing. I was like, I am so happy right now. (laughs) And it wasn't the fact that I was doing her hair. It was the fact of where I was in life and where I knew that God was taking me and all of the things that I knew that I had been wanting for so long, even though I didn't have them yet, that I deserved them and that God was going to give them to me regardless of the timeline. And I was like, everything that is mine is mine. Yeah. Regardless. Like legit. Like I don't have to be I don't have to walk around with a mm-hmm. scarcity mentality. Oh my God, there's not enough black men out here. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else is taking all the black men, you know, or maybe, you know, I ain't nothing wrong with little Asian persuasion. I like, you know, whatever the case <laughs> is. God, I, I mean you know I was stuck on that too. You know. <laughs> I was like, I, I know. know. God, like 
You said all the people. You, <laughs> you said black men. You said me as long as they call she me their daddy. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I need to roll with that too. I have to get food. out of that. Like, I was like, you love Jesus? Right. At this like, point, I see you doing that kung but, fu, but you wait, love Jesus? But he's still got to be tall, though. Yeah, you. He doesn't have to. Be no, tall. have to is a strong yeah. word. No. Okay, we well, don't take much to be taller. <laughs> yeah, just taller than you. I think that works. I, I think I know. I know what I the know. Lord says works. Yes. yes. So trust <laughs> me. Listen, listen. What, what he, I just what he, got over the whole black man. Thing. What <laughs> okay. he makes so like gotta take one step what? at a time. <laughs> What he lacks in height, he gonna make up in everything else. Yeah. You ain't gonna be looking at his height. You gonna be like, Jesus! <laughs> he's fun. Yeah. He got money. He love me. And he's tall. <laughs> All right, man. You know, make your request known to God. Listen, Hallelujah. Listen, I ain't mad at you. I'm sitting in a request. I, I date oh, six I, feet and up, too. I can't lie. It just They just detract themselves to me. I, I, feel, I feel like they like that, like... The little people... The little, but there are some tall men who do like tall women. Right. But it's just like, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was like, where we at? <laughs> I'm here for it, though. But I think part of us just being in a position to where we can basically say, this is where I am. And I'm okay with it. I know I got to work on this. I know my weaknesses, or at least some of them. I know how these things are affecting me. And I know God is doing the work in me, and it's not comfortable. It hurts. I got to think about stuff in the past that I don't think about on purpose, Mm -hmm. just because I know that it's affected me in some kind of way. But I know that moving forward, I will no longer be a slave to my experiences and I will be able to consciously make decisions for myself because I understand where I am and I understand why I'm here and I think that's the most important thing not being afraid to be like okay this is what happened but it doesn't make me Mm -hmm. this is what happened but it doesn't limit me this is what happened but it doesn't um, create scarcity it's in my life, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the end all be all mm-hmm. of my world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing we, for a lot of us, we take thing because we love so hard because we're like passionate about what we do or where we're going. Something happens and we're like, the world is over. Like our lives are over. Not understanding that this is a through road, mm-hmm. right? This is not a, a, a dead end. <laughs> This is, we're going through this. And I think that's something that we really have to, like, stop and see. Like, this is not it. This is not the end-all, be-all. You're not, this is not the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. It literally takes a change of a mindset, and it's over. Like, if you understood that your freedom was a decision, like, you literally have to be like, click, 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 no. And you go, oh, that's it? All I had to do. And God literally can do it just like that. And Mm -hmm. I've been running around in circles for five years, six years, three years, whatever the case is. And all I had to do was make up my mind. 
Like, that's crazy to me. So ever since, like, that became a revelation, I was like, all right, Lord, I know where I am because you're showing me where I am. I don't want to be here all day, all year. So what decisions we making? What changes are you putting into me? What, where are you making me uncomfortable? Right. Because you know you got to pull something out. What do you have? Who who you got me apologizing to? Who do you have let's, me let's do it creating boundaries and saying no yeah. to? Because I'm mm-hmm. not going to be here for another 10 years or another five mm-hmm. years. You're learning the same no. Exactly. No, that, once that decision is made, like you already, like you, when I say God will literally do it like that. Period. Like you can be in a whole, whole house Thursday and be... And God's feet Saved Friday. on Saturday. Like, like not even Saturday, Friday. All of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, and I feel like that is what's happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it because I've seen it. I read it. I'm saying it because I've, like, gone through it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was me yesterday. Mm-hmm. But today I am enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am. Yes, I am enough. Whereas I would, like, read back from my journal entries and be like, girl, what was you going through? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like my journal entries give me anxiety. Oh, embarrassing. Yeah. I don't embarrassing. Even I'm like, no, like, baby, come on. Girl, let, let's, let's, let's get this together. I don't even believe none of my journal entries. I don't even go back if God says, scooch back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't relive yeah. that. I think I read back. something. It was just like, and how come he just doesn't? I was like, <laughs> and I literally felt the emotion. I was like. As you read it. Mm-hmm. As I read it. As I was you read like, it. why? What? Mm-hmm. It needs to be a movie. Mm-mm. And that's probably why, you know, as we, we plan to do this today, I was like, I can't just tell my story because I've never been in a position. Because when I, when I grow out of something, I let it go. I don't harbor on it. I don't live back through it. If I'm living back through it, that means I'm still healing from it, right? For me personally, not for anybody else. But there's things I forgot that happened to me. That I was like, whoo, I ain't thought about that in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then you think about those things over time and over life and the years that you live, and you like, this is too much, you know? And so for me, I don't really, because I am an empath, when I'm watching a movie or I'm listening to a story or watching a book, I'm feeling everything. Mm-hmm. I don't generally go back. So thinking about my story, I'm like, man, you really went through a lot. Man, you really overcame a lot. And you're still here. You you didn't become crazy. You know, you didn't become a bitch. You didn't become a witch. Because <laughs> some people, you stupid. Because <laughs> some people, some people do become those things. Yeah. You know, you didn't become, you know, um, mentally insane. Because I probably could have went that way. You know, you you didn't become um, mentally um, incapable, a vegetable. I think it's easy to just allow. It's easier Mm -hmm. to pick up some crack at this point and be like, "Yo, this is Mm -hmm. this is where I'm going." Like Like, I legit see how I don't need to work on myself, right? Yeah, right. Easy. It is so easy to just be like, "I'm just gonna drink myself like Mm -hmm. into this oblivion every single day." It goes back to what you guys are saying about discipline, having that season, and then usually in the isolation season, too. And I think sometimes God 
puts that discipline on our heart because when you start to be disciplined, you naturally start to isolate yourself because you can't do what you need to do and be around the same people all the time. Yeah, what's what you're normally used to or what's regular shift. Yeah, you have to say no because, no, I can't do this because I said I'm going to work out now. Nope, can't go out to eat with y'all because I'm not eating or drinking that no more. Nope, can't do that because I said I was going to read 10 pages, so I got to be home by this. Like, you, if you really commit to those things that God is telling you to commit to, you that is hard, and you will see how the enemy right. Yeah, but you will also see how the enemy will show up. Oh yeah, because like I've been on this kick of like, okay, I know the many things that the enemy will do. That he his greatest thing, he's just a deceiver. Now he's just, like all he does is just deceive us over and over and Period. over. So when you said like I can't go out and eat and drink, like I I stopped or I. I didn't do a good job of communicating that, you know what I mean? Because I need processing time. And so my birthday was a couple of months ago and people were like, what do you want to do? Let's go out to eat. And I could, I wanted to go, but I knew that I couldn't go because I wasn't there yet to say, well, I don't want to eat this and not drink that because I knew the discipline that I need to do on my physical body. You know what I mean? And so yes, at home, it's easier for me to be disciplined at work, it's easier for me to be disciplined. But I wasn't there yet to be able to go out oh. and say, you know what, yeah, I instead of having just one drink, I'm not going to drink at all. Yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. And so it was, and so some people took it as like, what's going on with her? Mm-hmm. But I needed time to process it because I didn't even know what was going on yet. Right. I just, knew, I just knew that I made this decision to denounce Delta. Um, and after that, it was like the scales literally came off my eyes and I was just able to see life in a different way. And so that put me in just a different mind space, um, a different heart space. And I was able to really like have access to God the way that I knew that I needed, desired and wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just felt him differently. And so I knew that he was like showing up for me in different ways and it was quick it was like boom boom and I was I was just like wait hold on and he was like no we don't have time to hold on I need you to do this and I was like okay and then he was like discipline and I'll be like okay you know sometimes God gives you something but he doesn't tell you like a b and c yeah you may get a and then you have to do b and c and then he's like, D is right here. And I'm like, but wait, I'm I'm struggling. <laughs> so processing I'm, I'm still trying to get, yeah. you know what I mean? Can I get a little bit of it? He's like, no. Like, yeah. I just I just need you to, like, step out the boat mm-hmm. and stay focused on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and then I have to look back like, dang, like, how many times have you already done that? You know what it's like to mm-hmm. not trust. You know what it's like to not have faith. You know what it's like to start something and not see it all the way through and take your eyes off of God and think that you're forgotten and think that he doesn't love you. Yeah. You know what all that looks like. So now do it the way that he's telling you to do it. Do it the way when you know that, like, you're doing this because he loves you. You're doing this because you know that he's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you fall. He's made a way. He's giving you the door to open, to go through it. So he has you on the other side. So I think, I think that was the difference. I think it's the part where, you know, he don't give you a break sometimes. That's the part for me where you just go in and be like, God, can I just, he said no. We're not walking in comfortability anymore because no. mm-hmm. comfortability breeds stagnation and stagnation mm-hmm. um, begets uh, lack of fruit, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and you receive nothing. So, no, let's go. And it's like he increases your stamina. Mm-hmm. And so though I think it's a season of where you are just tired. 
you know you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, but you just tired. And then all of a sudden, just be like, rejuvenated. You be like, ooh. <laughs> I look at the discipline being like if you're on a track team, right? And, you know, when you first start, you don't have the physical fortitude or the stamina to do what they're asking you to do. But once you get there, there is, like you were saying earlier, there's joy in it. But then they're pushing you to do something else. And I feel like that's how God's been doing me. He was like, don't stay in that too long. We got places to go. We got things to do. You think that what you hit was a milestone. And it was. But you have no idea of where I'm taking you. So I need you to come on. Yeah. You know? So. And even once you build that stamina, you build the muscle, it doesn't make it easier. You just now have the tools and the strength to still push through it. Exactly. You still got to do the work. It don't just the tools. The, yeah. You know, the yeah. tools allows you to be able to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important part. Well, how do you discern the difference between the the stress that God is placing on you to go the way that he wants you to go versus what we were talking about earlier of just like the stress of just going and peace for for fusion for me Mm -hmm. and i I definitely know what you're what you're saying for me the understanding when god is speaking to me is because i don't want to do it Mm. and that's how i know he's doing it and then the other one is me controlling it if I'm in control of the stress, like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do, I got to go here. I got to go here. And God's like, yo, chill out. I didn't tell you to do all that. You putting yourself in a situation you don't need to put yourself in. Mm-hmm. Versus, ooh, I'm tired. He'd be like, let's go. I'm like, I don't want to. And that's how I know, like, when it's me and when it's God. Because I don't want to do it in the first place. Right. For me, I think it's just peace. Like, I've had peace in... Doing this, like opening this store was stressful. You know, like there were pieces that I just was like financially, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to happen. But it wasn't a a place of like crying. You know what I mean? It was like, all right, God, I don't know how we're going to do this. So that was like the the difference of like the piece. And then it was no confusion in it. Mm -hmm. And so I can discern it. If if something comes to me to where I'm confused about it, and it, it's like in my gut, it doesn't feel right. Like, like I know enough now to where it, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, I, can, I can feel it, like physically feel it. And if it physically feels off, then I don't want no parts of it. I don't mm-hmm. even have to question it. Before, I would. I would be like, well, eh, that, but he's cute. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to get paid doing that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is a good job. Yeah. And, it, mm-hmm. and even like that. And God had just took took me out of some situations. And then I would hear a day or two later, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, he's that cute. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to trust that. Or like, if you um, just have that, like you were saying, that one thought yeah. that's, like, questioning. I've learned to, to trust my discernment in that. Yeah. Like, if I had this thought that I know I did not actively think, mm-hmm. and it was like, I need to trust that. Mm-hmm. Because if I push past it, I'm going to place myself in a position and have placed mm-hmm. myself in positions where mm-hmm. I was like, that was God. Yeah. That wasn't me. Because a lot of times we think we're judging yeah. or misjudging mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, you know, it's all good. But that's God being like, no, I'm knocking you. on your door. Right. I'm trying yeah. to tell you. Right. You know, and so it's like being sensitive. And that's where that intimacy comes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, a lot of times our minds especially as black women our minds can be so busy and we thrive on that busyness that we don't know what quiet 
feels like. We don't know what being still feels why, like. Why it can be so loud, being still can be so hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so God is like, I just need you to sit here with yeah. me, and I know you don't want to think about this. I know you don't want to deal with this, but we have to for where you want to go. Mm-hmm. The desire that I've given you in order to get here, we got to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at that place now. Like, dang. God, I got to go to work. <laughs> not, I, not I gotta go to work but like I'm thankful that I you know what I mean I'm thankful for my clients and I'm thankful for my business exactly but sitting in his peace and that quiet it's it's like a jacuzzi <laughs> it is you know how like you know now it's the summertime so when we jump in the pool that refreshing feeling yes. and then you know how you get out the pool and you go get in the jacuzzi and it's all yes. warm and that's how it is for me and I legit don't want to be a part. You know, you what don't want to like, get up from that moment. No, I don't yeah. want to get up from the moment. No, you know, you gotta I discipline know. yourself. And, I, and so now it's like certain conversations, like I just won't have with my clients anymore because it, it just like irritates my flesh. Like, mm-hmm. like my soul is irritated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I have to listen to my praise and my worship music, and it's not that it's like because I think I said something about the microphones, and I was like, "Ooh, I ain't had something this big close mm-hmm. to my." But I'm like, I have to, I mean, I'm just, I have to stay, like, because I'm, I'm, stay I have to stay with God like that, because I, I can go left quick, like, real quick. You know I, what I've mean? been so, there. I, yeah. So I I'm like, so, you know, like, the music, what I watch, what I listen to, the conversations that I have, like, I know where, I, like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to the Gil Scott concert last week, mm-hmm. and I had tickets. Y'all had tickets and I didn't go. I spoke to one of my friends who was like in this same situation and she was like, Yeah, I don't I can't go again. And I was wow. like, I'm, I know I won't be here forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is requiring a lot of discipline because I've never seen Jill in concert. That was one thing though when I was a teenager, I will say. And as a young adult, I had to stop listening to Jill Scott. For sure. <laughs> I feel like you had something to say earlier. Um, I was uh, going to speak on the being still because I think it's funny because I had a long season of being still. Mm-hmm. At first, it was hard for God to get me to be still in the first place because, like we've been saying, we're, used, we're accustomed to going, going, going. So he was relentless with, like, no, you need to be still. You're not going to be able to get the download I'm trying to get you, the message I'm trying to get you until you are still enough to receive it. Mm-hmm. Then finally, I was still. And then the still season lasted way longer than I wanted it to. And I'm like, dang, it's not over yet. Like, it's been like a year. How much, how long I got to be still for? Like, I think I got it. And then when it finally was time to get moving again, I didn't want to move. I'm like, I don't even know how to move anymore. I don't know how to move in the world anymore. I'm not the same person anymore. Who and how do I show up now? And it was really like a process. And I kind of... can compare it again to like track in a sense because it's like when you are off for a season, you got to warm back up. Yeah, You can't just get up and start running again. You got to take your time. You got to see how does it feel to use these legs now. Yeah. Like how do I, how do you want to move? Like yeah. take your time. You cannot rush it. And yeah, I just. But I think that's done. just God breeding us being led by him hmm. and not being led by us. By us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was like, no, I need you to move when I'm telling you to move. Because mm-hmm. if you could do it, you don't need me. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I need you to get this. And once you get this, stay here. Mm-hmm. 
You be like, but why? <laughs> I got it now. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get comfortable. And then God says, all right, it's time to go. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is uncomfortable. Because it's like, I mean, in the world now, with everything, like we are legit in the days where we see that everything that's wrong is made right and everything that's right is made wrong. And Period. Like, how do we have conversations around that? Period. And then how do we, as believers, say, yo, you might want to check this because, and I'm not even talking about to non-believers, I'm talking about to other believers mm-hmm. because everybody want to say, well, don't judge me. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, I'm not judging you because you're in the righteousness of God. I'm just trying to remind you that we off track. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I would say even for myself, like I was talking to my sister the other day and I was like, you know, I was like, being overweight is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins for a reason. And as I've and God has been working with me on that, like mm-hmm. the discipline. And he's been working with me on that for a while. But I've just been like doing my own thing. Like, okay, I can do it. I know the workout. I know this. I know. And God was like, okay, so when you gonna when you gonna invite me into that workout space? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, when are you gonna invite me to ask me to go to dinner so I can tell you what to eat? Mm-hmm. So like it's legit been like that. Like, okay, like what are we? Just really in your intimate everything, every every single every aspect of like, okay, God, what kind of weave am I gonna get? Should I get like like? There's no part of me that I don't talk to him about, Mm -hmm. and I hear an answer. Period. And he's like, you know, certain things. Okay, do what you want, and then like other things, he's like, no, don't eat that. You know, like when you asked me, and I was like, I didn't eat anything yesterday. I didn't eat anything yesterday. I didn't turn on the TV. I didn't listen to the radio. I was like, it was literally me and God. And I, I mean, I went to bed. I wasn't starving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it was just like. Your hunger put, was for him. My hunger and not was for, for him. And I was else. like, dang. Like, yeah. I get it. But like, you were, that's that, that, that water, the well that yeah, never runs dry. Yes. And I was just know? like, okay. So today I ate. Because you didn't even miss it. Because you provided food. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you welcome. <laughs> but I wasn't even, I was just like, you know. And so for me, like, like. The thing that um, used to help me along my way was always hearing my dad say, good job, baby. Yeah. And now hearing, like, God say it, I, I'm like, that's my daddy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the intimacy and stuff. I'll be like, yeah, me and my daddy. And people be like, I thought your dad passed. I'm like, God, my daddy up there too, but God. Girl, Period. That's, that's beautiful. I'm talking about. So, well, I love that. And I feel like I want to end on that note because, like you said, stuff that that is beautiful and understanding that. You know, even though that your father has passed, that you still have a father oh, yeah. who loves you absolutely more than life itself. But I you had to learn saying? that exactly. Because exactly. at one point, I put my dad in front of God. I would go to my dad for everything. God was like, "Who you think gave your dad to you? Hurry! Mm-hmm. Who you think gave, you think your, gave dad? You to your dad? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> who you think gave the stuff to your dad to give to you? And I was like, right. Hurry! You." I was like, so you my daddy. <laughs> Yo, daddy. What about that money, though? That's what I'm doing with the bills, all right? Are your bills do, daddy. Like, <laughs> you gave me this idea, your bills. Right, right. right. Exactly. All this creativity, I got it from you. Yes. Your bill. Like daughter, Period. like father. So. Yeah. Well, y'all, thank you for listening to our first podcast of Glass Hearts. Yes. Um, again, this is a safe space 
a vulnerability for all of you out there. Um, whatever you're going through, we're here for you. If you guys have questions or you want us to talk about a specific topic, please leave your comments down below. We will get to them as soon as possible. Follow us, like us, share us with your family and friends. We are out. Bye. <laughs> okay. The bye. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, uh.